Is it that old? <laughs> electric Electric Avenue is 1940. I'm going to rock down to Electric Avenue. Now let me take you higher. It's from 1940. Are we committing to this? Normally, I don't question your pop culture references no, because I just assume you know. No, it's true. I'm committing to this. this okay, is, I'm, I'm this checking right, right now. No, no, don't check. It was right. No, don't check. World War Two. <laughs> it's the World War Two team song. <laughs> is that? <laughs> yeah, right. When it's was like, electric? No, not electricity. Right? Electric no, it Avenue. Was, it, was, it was 1983. Okay. Oh. But couldn't, yeah. you, couldn't you see those GIs? Uh, Taking it higher. <laughs> blaring this on their boom boxes up on their shoulders as they're, as they're storming uh, Berlin. And like black leathers to have a dance off with Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, those Germans, they wouldn't stand a chance. They, they would can't not. dance. No, it would go poorly. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to polka? You're you're ac you're accurately describing why Lutheran shouldn't do contemporary music. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> just just stick to the hymns, guys. You can't uh, do this. None, no. of you, none of you are good at it. Yeah, just stick to the hymns. Uh, Electric Avenue from from the Americans versus uh, Roll Out the Barrel <laughs> from the Germans. It's pretty easy to see who's gonna win this dance off. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. 1940. I like it. In 1940. Wait, 1940? No, 1940. Like, you can't put it too early. When did... Wait a minute. When did World War II start? For who? Because we were late to For it. the only people who matter. Oh, us. Uh, Pearl Harbor was like 42, <laughs> wasn't it? Whoop. Whoop. 41. Oh, no, but no. Okay, so but 39... I mean, it was already going in 39. That, yeah, so, but you said for the people who matter. Okay, no, so let me take that back because that's just that's just inappropriate. Um, but uh, <laughs> As opposed uh, to everything else we've done so far. But my uh, my contention is that, uh, that Eddie Grant was, uh, in 1940, he actually wrote this song uh, in order to kind of get the Americans to move into World War II. Ah... Uh. So it was a precursor to, and then everybody's like, yeah, let's, let's rock down to Electric Avenue. We all know where Electric Avenue is. Right, that's Nazi Germany. Yeah. It's actually Iwo Jima, but yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody remembers the Pacific Theater. You ready to do this? I like your enthusiasm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. All right. Did I ever tell you the time that uh, I was in uh, uh, Albuquerque and I was driving through uh, Starbucks? Yeah, I was in my clerical. Uh, Starbucks is really close. I was getting a coffee <clears throat> and just singing to the radio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you do. Right. Um, and uh, so I pull up and get my coffee, and uh, just the, the the weirdest look on on this this uh, young barista's face. Okay. Um, she just didn't like it. Like she, you could tell, like 
it was it was uh, just a shocking thing that you saw. Like a so like a dislike or or just a shock. Yes. Well, kind of both. Okay. But, no, I'm used but, to that face. But, <laughs> so my yeah, my assumption was uh, 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 it's uh, she's she just doesn't like uh, Catholic priests, right? And right. I'm in the drive through and I'm not going to take the time, whatever. And I keep going down the road and singing the song, <clears throat> look in the rearview mirror and notice I have my clerical on um, and I'm singing uh, Ariam's Losing My Religion. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. You know. And it all, all kind of came together why why this young barista was so uh, was so confused. God gave you a gift <laughs> that day, yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyways. Hi, Internet. We are the Uncultured Saints. Uh, I'm Pastor Goodman uh, from San Antonio. Uh, this is uh, this is Pastor Eli Litzow from Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Wheat Ridge Evangelical Lutheran Church, to be more specific. What's your address? I don't know. It's okay. You I probably should. Don't. <laughs> I've been here for a year. I don't know my address nor the church's uh, telephone number. I don't know my church's phone number either. <laughs> I just barely know my cell phone. I'm like, oh, and I got a new cell phone, so I don't know that. Yeah, I did too. It, it happened a year ago, and I, I almost know it now uh, most yeah. of the time. But yeah, people say, can I call you at the church? And I'd be like, yeah. On my cell phone, I guess, because I don't know what number to give you. YouTube the website. I'm YouTube sure the website. <laughs> well, yeah, not YouTube. Google. No, That's too late. You, you, you're old for <laughs> everything. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. You're not a boomer. You're solidly in Gen X. Yeah, it's a good place to be. I like You that. guys have dodged all of the criticism somehow. Because we've got OK Boomer, and we've got the millennials that we blame for everything. Uh, and Are we've you got, a millennial? Like, I think barely. Uh, to most, uh. most of the time, I by your calculations. Because I was born in 84, which is, like, right around the cutoff. Yeah. No, I'm 80, so I'm, I'm, I'm an Xer. Yeah. <clears throat> we do. We, we skate off of an You have dodged every bullet. Yeah. No, it's great, because nothing's our fault. You just want to chill and watch the old episodes of The Real World on MTV. And <laughs> Man, the first season was good. That was like when they were doing it with camcorders. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> it was like, they actually were in a real house, like, you know, a normal family would live in. So it was weird because they had one and a half bathrooms to use and yeah, you had this one dude. I can't remember his name. Was it Punk? Maybe it was. He never showered his like for the entire Punk. three months. I think it was. Yikes. He was a bad guy. They think they kicked him off the show. Well, because he didn't shower. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think it was worse than that. But Anyways, uh, so what are we doing today? We are talking about the, uh, the parable of the talents, I, I believe. Yes. It's uh, uh, Matthew chapter 25, verses... 14 to 30 and um, I like this one because because um, Jesus uh, he uses a, a word uh, that just makes so much sense right talents so we can just we know exactly what he's saying right off the bat is it's talents so uh, you don't have to look you don't have to guess this parable is about uh, your time and your treasure and your talent right 
Do we don't have that right? No. Can, can we it's at least be can that? we at least read the the verse before you make a Methodist sermon out of it? Uh. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah, because it's just in Methodist churches that you're getting. Oh hear this. Lord, have mercy! I know, and, and like the thing is, a lot of us are probably guilty of trying to wrestle our way out of that kind of preaching because it, it old Adam just loves to find himself in all of these texts, and that's if, that's if what you we have do. a if you have a Lutheran study Bible, just look at the notes. <laughs> so, are, are you ready? The uh, the summary of uh, Matthew 25, Mm -hmm. 14 through 30 in the Lutheran Study Bible says this. Our relationship to God and the world is one of stewardship. I really don't like this already. (laughs) We are to use everything entrusted to us in such a way that it benefits God's kingdom. Though modern people often have far more material and technological Technical, well, technological woo, there we go, means Oof. than any previous generation, they often use these tools selfishly. An unfailing promise attaches to faithful stewardship. If we use the things entrusted to us for God and his purposes, we will be blessed here and in heaven. Oof, that's so bad. <clears throat> uh, no, uh, did you not see the talent? Uh, uh, not only, uh, did, did, uh, I produce five, uh, but I also got the other guy's talent. That's because God loves me more than you. Hey, guess. Because I'm so much better at being a Christian than you. Well, until you tried to do that. <laughs> I beg to differ. I'm pretty sure Jesus is pretty clear. This should be part of the, uh. Part of the uh, Methodist whatever. Church, whatever. <laughs> Methodist church. No, I'm a podcast, but okay. <laughs> uh. Matthew chapter twenty-five, verses okay. fourteen to thirty. For it will be like one man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another, two, to another, one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also, he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And then he also said, uh, And then he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He who also had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went, and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, 
you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast this worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the gospel gospel of our Lord. Lord. Praise to thee, O Christ. Praise to thee, O Christ. So I think I finally figured out why I always have trouble with this one. Uh, And it's because of nursery rhymes, which are what I thought parables were until somebody showed me the gospel. But like this is just a, a wild misinterpretation of Goldilocks and the Three Little Bears because everybody knows that the third one is supposed to be just right. What's that? You ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so. <laughs> no, what's, what's interesting, this is uh, for a little bit of a different flavor of this of this parable. Uh, you can go to Luke, Luke 19, starting in verse 11, and you get to uh, hear Luke's uh, telling of this. It's 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 weird. There's there's a little bit of differences there. There's ten servants. They all get one mina, uh, and then you only get to hear I think three of them. One one gets uh, ten. One brings ten mina back. One brings five, and then uh, one's the guy who buries it all. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so Luke's got uh, the same the same parable, just a little bit different. Uh, Luke has it right before the triumphal entry. When is when is Matthew's parable happening? In chapter twenty five, verse fourteen to thirty. That's very good. Very good. So <laughs> chronologically speaking, when is this happening? I'm grabbing my Bible to double check it. It's uh well it's it's right after the fig tree. No one knows the day or the hour, the ten virgins, the talents, then the final judgment, and then uh then comes yeah, the plot so- to betray and kill Jesus. <clears throat> Yeah, so it, it's it's in the middle of Holy Week. It's it's right after uh, uh, the triumphal entry. Right. So, so um, yeah. So some people have asked, kind of like, wait a minute, did uh, did Luke or Matthew? Did they uh, uh, who's stealing from who? And and when did this parable really get told? I venture to say uh, nobody's stealing from anybody. I think Jesus uh, probably told uh, the parable Luke's way before the triumphal entry, and then probably told the parable Matthew's way afterwards. It's it's not uh, not too too hard to think of that. Um, I think that's what happened with that. But anyways, I'm comfortable with that. Do you have any you have any thoughts on that? I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I, um, I, we we recycle teachings and. So I mean, if you if you use even like the one year lectionary, um, I, I you don't, but um, if you were to, to use like the one year lectionary, <laughs> you see the text year after year, and some of the ways that you come at it, it's similar, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, and and I think we we think that Jesus uh, he only uh, said a teaching once and then never never said it again. I don't think that's how it probably worked because remember he's got three years worth of ministry. Uh, I don't think we've got three years worth of ministry worth of stuff here. Uh, there's there's stuff, uh, like John says, that uh, wasn't included. Uh, but these things are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Uh, but also, uh, you've got Matthew's version of the Sermon on the Mount, and then you've got Luke's version of the Sermon on the Plain. Yeah, uh, They're similar and, and probably told at two different times and to two different groups of people. But 
it's because you know two different groups of people needed to hear that well so, and, and anyways, even just the just disciples needed to be continually mm-hmm. catechized you should teach the same things over and over again um yeah, yeah i do know that because they weren't that smart huh they weren't that smart they, they needed to be told over and over mm-hmm. yeah they didn't even have iphones <laughs> dummies <laughs> <laughs> So no, I'm okay. I'm perfectly okay with uh, there there being sort of two versions of this parable, two two times that Jesus has reflected upon this truth and relayed this information. That that's yeah, just fine. Good. Okay. I just wanted to, for no real reason at all, bring that up. But there you go. Um, so much like I think what we did last time, if I remember, that was two weeks ago. Um, right? Yeah. So I don't remember exactly what we did last time. But I think we came at this, uh, came at the, the parable uh, with, uh, ha- you affectionately uh, called it uh, the Methodist way. Um, it was very affectionate. So, <laughs> but how, I mean, how do we hear this, uh, unfortunately speaking? And and I was kind of, I was joking around a little bit with uh, at the very beginning when I was talking about the talents. And Jesus using that word because obviously he didn't. It's it's an English translation of the Greek, but nonetheless, uh, I remember before I kind of understood all of that stuff and was a was a kid hearing this and heard talents. Uh, that's a, that's what you actually thought it was. I automatically thought talents. Like you didn't think I, it was a kind of money. You thought the things you can do. Well, yeah, because I think uh, quite often. Mm-hmm. The uh, the transition from my Sunday school teacher or from my religious class teacher or maybe even from a sermon that I heard, uh, they went the they went the lazy way of just yeah it's a talent so right right so so how would that uh, I'll I'll let you set that up how would that look if this if this parable uh, was about uh, time talents and treasures uh, Pastor Goodman how are you preaching. I, I would take the easy road and say, yeah, incorrectly. I would say that it would be a test. Like, look at, at God sort of laying out what he expects from each person. And if you don't actually live up to his expectations, bad things will come from you. And so we can sort of take it to, you know, you can do your whatever stewardship spiel you want. But it's what have you done for God lately? And, and if you have done enough for God, maybe you won't go to hell. And if you haven't, well, you, you will definitely go to the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth and then just try not to think too hard about whether or not the God who is all-knowing actually needs to test you and try not to think too hard about whether or not um, the the God who gives you a a law that has uh, mirrored you uh, and and shown you to be a sinner um, whether or not you can actually perfectly fulfill God's law enough to actually earn his praise and reward so when you actually think then what am I supposed to be doing for God you, you actually look at the Ten Commandments and don't freak out don't think too hard about that um maybe definitely don't don't think about um well all the ways that we would make the bible about us uh and how many ways that sermon could also be very appropriate in mosques and uh and synagogues and uh even just like the rotary club or any other secular humanist organization where atheists sit and say maybe we should try to be good people Maybe we should actually yeah. try and do our best. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I think we it's so easy to slip in this, and I have heard sermons like this um, where it is just that, right? It's it's 
this is a talent. Uh, Jesus is speaking about, uh, right, this this guy goes off and gives somebody five talents, uh, somebody two, somebody one, each according to their own ability, right? So some of us have more talents than others or more visible talents than others, right? So <clears throat> some of you can sing really well and you can do a beautiful solo uh, in church, right? Some of you may be good in, with numbers and maybe you'll be a, a good treasure for the church one day or this sort of s- stuff, right? Why does all of your, to... your, your talent have to do directly to God and not for your neighbor? That's already a bad bend. I'm just saying. Like, have you noticed the, the attitude there that sort of twisted into that? But it's always that, right? Yeah. I mean, when, 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 the, the, when the sermon is, is about using your, your talents in order to extend the kingdom of God, it's, it's always about that, right? I, I somehow have to take uh, the, the talent of uh, being able to draw... Uh, cartoons really well and I've got to use it to serve God but the only way that I can use it to serve God is is to to make cute little caricatures of Jesus cartoons for Jesus yeah cartoons for Jesus it's the only way I could do it right it's got to somehow have a a, a cross in the corner of my picture and and then it's for God right and so Luther actually responded to this right like God doesn't need your good works but your neighbor does is, is what he says that that there's nothing that God would task you to do that he can't better do himself and like I, I found this out once I had my kids get a little bit older and they could kind of try and start you know helping me do things and when they want to you know help me it's the worst. oh it's 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 this wonderful expression of love that is the absolute worst because now it takes three times as long <laughs> to do something simpler because when they help me it actually gets harder but that's not why I want them around, is it? If, if you have to do something for God, like, yeah, what, what are you actually making his life easier with here? Yeah. But your neighbor. Your neighbor's different. Like, my kids actually do need things for me, right? But then it's also, I've, I've had uh, uh, parishioners um, who have kind of, uh, they, they came out of uh, big box non-denominational uh, uh, churches. Uh, were they, uh, this one guy, he's a, he's a, a, a trained, legitimately trained drummer, right? Knows music theory and all of this sort of stuff. Uh, and he was convinced uh, that the only way that he could serve God with that uh, talent, which was what he, was his livelihood, was if he was drumming in the church. Like, you know, doing, doing drum lessons for his neighbor wasn't wasn't good enough he had to be in the in the rock band at church and then he was actually using his talent to serve god that's got to be really depressing i mean not just even for the the people sort of um on the outside wishing they could do more church work but that's got to be really depressing for even the people inside of it like like for us um like i'm a preacher and so if i have to say god is only well pleased when i have the biggest church when i have done the most work that's ultimately, I'm serious. You have to sort of go that route and say, what have I yeah. done for you, O Lord? And the truth of the matter is, well, every miracle that God has ever done in the church has been in spite of me, not because of me. Yeah. The, the, the guy was flabbergasted when he came and visited the church and he told me what he did and told me he was in a rock band and they, uh, a lot of what they did was covered Led Zeppelin. And I, I completely freaked out because <laughs> I love Led Zeppelin. And uh, he didn't understand how a pastor could do that. Um, clearly because I'm of the devil, mm-hmm. like Zeppelin is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, so 
<laughs> so the parable, uh, the second to last parable, uh, like our second to last podcast for this season, uh, that Jesus is going to ever say uh, on uh, Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday of Holy Week, right before he's going to go to the cross and accomplish salvation for mankind, for the entirety of the world. He's going to shed his blood. He's going to forgive the sins of everyone. Uh, but he wants to make sure before he does that that you understand stewardship. Right? It would seem out of place. <laughs> it, 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 wouldn't seem, it wouldn't seem like that's what is uh, foremost on his mind. That, hey guys, uh, make sure that uh, that the church budget is, is met every single year. Okay? Um, and uh, make sure that uh, when you're singing in the choir, uh, you sing for so, me as loud as you can. Can I can I ask a, an, a just an uncomfortable question? Mm, yes. What if Judas heard it that way, and that's why he went and tried to procure money? Ooh. Because this is right before that. That's interesting. What if what if Judas uh, uh, says, yeah. "Here, Lord, if uh, if these things that you have said are true, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to stewardship some." Here's, here's how I'm going yeah. to trade to get some 30 extra silver or talents for you. Yeah, maybe maybe he found a, a Methodist. <laughs> to, to, he didn't understand the parable, and he, and he went up and down the street for the Methodist and found him. No, but so I'm, I'm, I'm legit not joking. Like, if you want to make this your burden of the law. And I personally, I don't think Judas betrayed the Lord expecting him to be condemned. I, I truly don't. I, I honestly think Judas was the treasurer of the church, and, and all he wanted to do was see the ministry keep going, see the stewardship play itself out well. And Jesus kept giving everything away. He was letting expensive perfume be poured on his feet. And so he, he watched Jesus. Uh, they tried to stone him more than once, and he would just pass through their midst. They tried to, to trap him, and he would just outwit them. I'm pretty sure he thought, here's a good way that I can go get 30 pieces of silver to extend the kingdom from the very people who are trying to betray Jesus. And when they when they come to him, he will... He'll escape like he always escapes. See, I don't know if I'd go that far. I would. I, That's my best I, construction. I, I might be wrong. I'm not, I might be wrong. I'm not going to say that he. Um, I'm not going to say that he thought that Jesus was going to to get out of it. <clears throat> um, and yet, at the same point in time, I, I'm not throwing him in the same in the same ring as the Pharisees. I think he was just trying to make the best of his situation, and he got it over his head. And he even tried to fix it. Like, he, he tried to give the money back when he saw that it didn't work. I, I think Judas' whole problem was that he was trying to do it by himself. Yeah, take this money back. Uh, I've betrayed an innocent man. He didn't... Isn't that the, the worst the worst uh, thing that the Pharisees say to him? What is this to do with us? See to it yourself. Yeah, see to it yeah, yourself. Yeah, there's no absolution here. It's only what you can build and what you can fix. And, and in all of that's law on top of law, mixed in with a little bit of law for seasoning. And, and of course the man is condemned. Of course he, he sees no other out. Lord have mercy. Um, this is this is the danger of it. And, and I don't know if this is, you know, Judas saw this and said, man, I better find a way to make money for the kingdom. But it's it's really easy to run wild with this and, and law and just find nothing but fear and condemnation and then turn around and see a guy who does exactly that with money. Yeah. Just something to think about. No, that's interesting. It's a good aside. Could be. I don't know. Um, the... This parable does turn in, well, and this is what we do. Whenever the parable isn't about Jesus, it always turns about, it turns into ethics or morals. Yep. 
and then it always turns into law, right? So, so then I, I, I am forced to walk away with this. How do I earn my uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Yeah, like how, how can I make sure that I'm not uh, hiding my talent uh, in the ground? Man, it's scary, right? So how do I know that, first off, uh, especially as a kid or a teenager or a 20-year-old, I, I, I couldn't tell you what my talents were, legitimate talents. I'm still trying to figure uh, mine and, out. <clears throat> yeah, and second off, uh, how do I know that I'm, I'm using them enough to serve the kingdom of God? Ugh, just, it's just, there's no certainty in that at all. Instead, I think the proper way to hear this is uh, is of gospel. But <clears throat> I mean, you can well, find law in it. You can find law in it. It's just no, not no, what no, you no, expect. No, 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 you will. No, you will, and we'll get there. But uh, so, who are who are the the servants? Let me ask you that. I, I think they uh, they're coming for you. Uh, I th- yeah. <laughs> I think they're Christians. I just think that the servants are, are Christians. Am I wrong? What do you think? I'm going uh, to say, it, 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 generally speaking, yes. But I think there's more there's more specifics okay. to it. Um, and I think so because I think this is particularly to uh, to people who are charged to uh, to dispense the gifts. So so clergy. So yeah yeah. I, I, so the apostles. Uh, the disciples, uh, pastors, clergy, people who are uh, charged to dispense the gifts. Now, certainly, uh, all of us as individuals uh, in, in our role as priesthood of all believers and in the mutual consolation of the saints, we're, we're given this charge to do with those people uh, who are next to us in, in our lives. Um, but I think in, in a very specific way, this is he's, he's telling his apostles, and then, i.e., later on, the disciples that the apostles set out and the pastors that they set up and then the clergy and the, the office of the ministry later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, this uh, I'm giving you things uh, that you are going to have to uh, give out. That makes sense. This is who he's talking to. Like the, the whole like two chapter thing is Jesus addressing the disciples privately. And there's a danger. Yeah. I think you're right. Into sort of trying to write yourself into parts of the scripture that, that aren't directed to you. Yeah. So so then we got to figure out what it is that these talents are, right? Because <clears throat> it's not uh, it's not my ability to, to do math really well and be a good uh, a good sec- uh, a good treasurer for the church. It's not my ability to, to play the organ per se uh, within the church. It's, it's not my ability to, to chant well. It's not my ability to do any of these sorts of things that Jesus is concerned here. <clears throat> All of that is important. Jesus does care about stewardship, does care how we, uh, how we serve our neighbor, and does care how we, uh, we serve the church. But not here, at least not explicitly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, here, I think he is, he's only concerned, uh, again, in two days he's going to be dead on a cross to save uh, the world from their sins by shedding his blood for the forgiveness of sins. I think the only thing that he's worried about here is the forgiveness of sins. I think that's it. I think he's worried about the forgiveness of sins, right? Mm-hmm. So you got this guy uh, who's going to go away 
Oh, that kind of sounds like the ascension, right? Oh. He's going to go away f- for a time. Uh, and he's giving to his servants uh, uh, money, right? And these servants are supposed to do something with these with this money. You, you find that out, uh, not because he, he says go do something, right? Um, but the, you find that out in retrospect. So the guy who received five went out. And he got five more. The guy who received two went out, and he received two more. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go any further, is is there anything about that? Like why one guy gets five, one guy gets two, one guy gets one? I think that's one of those places you almost want to be careful reading too far into the parables. Like I, I really do. That That's one of those places where the, the four laws to understand the gospel, uh, the last of which being just sort of recognize that this is to point to one thing specifically, namely Christ and him crucified for you for the forgiveness of sins. And so when you get so bogged down in the what is the five and what is the two and what is the one that you actually lose sight of Jesus, take a breath and, and maybe they're maybe they're not as important as you think. It's like the oil last week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even though it says uh, he gives five, gives two, gives one, each according to his his ability, I don't know if we want to go too far down the way there. Um, yeah, I think we want to just kind of leave that as is because it's it's not necessarily important about uh, what was given uh, or the number that was given, but uh, what is actually what's actually returned. Mm-hmm. When when the guy who's given five, what does he actually bring back? Five more. Five more. The guy with two, he brings back two more, right? So each of them are are each of them double uh, what is given. And I think that is is instead of looking at the number itself, look at the fullness of it, right? Especially if this is the forgiveness of sins, right? So you're you're going out, and uh, that which needs to be forgiven is forgiven in full, mm-hmm. right? There's there's no uh, there's no amount of uh, uh, stuff left over. It's just no. Uh, what is what is needed to be forgiven in front of me is forgiven in full for the sake of Christ. Right. And, and I'm convinced that's exactly what it is. So uh, so when this when Jesus is is giving these talents out, I I truly do believe that he's 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 giving this to uh, the pastoral office to the church in order to forgive sins in full, because he's going to win that on the cross. So then these talents would actually be the places where God would uh, expressly and explicitly give you forgiveness. The, the talents would be the places where God gives you the means to this grace, even the means of this grace. The talents are the sacraments, the places where God gives you himself in a real way. I, I Yeah, I mean, if, if you wanted to play it out all the way, I think you could probably go there. I, I, I don't think it had... I don't think it has to be explicitly that. Well, the, the means of um, grace, the marks of the church. This is the place where God works the forgiveness of sins. Like he doesn't promise to work the forgiveness of sins in, you know, you going out and, and uh, playing drums for Jesus. He doesn't promise uh, your, your cartoons for Jesus forgive sins. However, he promises baptism forgives your sins. Communion forgives your sins. Even absolution and preaching are, are the, the, the verbal forgiveness of sins given to you. And they are what mark the church as actually being the church. Not did you draw a little cross in the corner of your cartoon, but is God being given for sinners here, right? Yes. 
No, correct. And so, so correct. carry that forward then, because um, the, I, I like that. Then you, when you see this inside of the pastoral office, you see it being given expressly to people. Here, these are the gifts, and they are for good. Go use them for good. When God gives you the Lord's Supper, do you say, "Yeah, but like I don't know if I want to give it to Him too often because that might be hard," or, or like, "Why would I sit for prime confession?" Or or, or, or why would I ask people to remember their baptism daily? Uh, why would I try on a sermon? It, I, I could download something off the internet. Um, God knows that uh, two, two clergy would never put up anything mediocre on the internet for people to listen to. Never. <laughs> never. It's all solid. Solid gold. <laughs> no, no, I think you're right. Um, and so... So then we get to this guy uh, who he he understands nothing of the gospel. Um, dare I say he's he's the the guy who oh goodness I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble if I say it this way. Uh, Do it. You decide if you want to edit. You want to you decide if you want to edit it out. Uh, dare I say this is the guy who wants to preach this sermon as. Uh, uh, you better give your time, talent, and treasure to Jesus. No, actually, I think that's um, exactly right. And I would I would leave it there. The guy with the one talent is the guy who also doesn't believe that God is a loving God. Well, that's the whole thing, right? So so you've got this, uh, this guy who says, no, no, uh, uh, my master is not. He's not a loving guy. He's a hard man. Mm-hmm. He is a very hard God man. God won't do right? this by he the gospel. It will be by the law. You shape up yes, or he will he, burn you. Exactly. He reaps where he has not sown. He does all of these things. He is a hard, just miserable man, right? And the thing is, I think he knows what the talent is. Yeah, I do too. Right? He he knows what this talent is. This talent is the gospel. This talent is the forgiveness of sins. And I think he's just either convinced uh, himself uh, or he just can't wrap his mind around the fact that this gospel is the thing that, that needs to be set out. He's convinced that the only way uh, that this is going to work is if God is a hard man uh, and, and, and he's going to work everything out through the law. And that's it. And so then he's given this gospel to give out to other people while the master is gone. And he says, no, 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 no you're not this guy. Jesus you're not the the forgiveness, mercy, grace guy. I know you to be a hard man. I know you to be that hard man of the law, and that is it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this, uh, this talent. I'm going to take this, uh, this forgiveness stuff. I'm going to take the sacraments and word and absolution. I'm going to take you, Jesus, and your cross. I'm going to bury it in the ground. And I'm not going to give that out. That's going to go bad for him. Well, yeah, but he doesn't think so, right? Because he's convinced. He's convinced that the guy's a hard man. And so when he comes back, he's just saying, no, no, you're a hard man. Here it is. This is your talent. This is what you wanted, uh, or you at least said that you wanted to give out. Uh, maybe maybe the guy even thought it was just a complete uh, and utter joke, right? Or, or a test, mm-hmm. right? Uh, nope, here it is, back, right? You're a hard man. That's who you are. Unfortunately, we find out uh, that if if you uh, are convinced uh, that uh, God is a hard man, and if that's the only God that you uh, desire, and if that's the only God uh, that you tell God he has to be, it seems to me 
as if uh, you get what you ask for. You're not. Yeah, you're gonna get the God that you asked for. You're asking, uh, a, a demanding that God is a hard man. Uh, you're demanding uh, that uh, that he he take back this this talent of his, this forgiveness of sins. And do everything only through the law. Well, that's the exact sort of God that you're going to get. If you reject the gospel, if you say no, that Jesus stuff, that forgiveness of sins, that mercy, that grace isn't isn't real. That's not for me. Then you're gonna you're gonna get the God that you demand. Yeah. That's uh. That's sometimes the way God punishes people, though, right? He he gives them exactly what they ask for. That's uh, that the the Israelites said we want a king and God's like no you don't and they were like no forget you man we want a king and God's like okay yeah you're gonna get exactly what you what you asked for and you don't understand what that is gonna entail and what that's actually gonna do um yeah it's just a it's just a crazy thing right I mean so so you've got Jesus who. And I don't think the disciples understood this until after the resurrection in those 40 days when Jesus was explaining everything to them. And then they finally got it, right? before, Right before the ascension. Um, right. But so they're hearing this and Jesus is instilling in them saying, hey, you know, uh, I, I'm starting the church through you guys. I'm going to be giving you guys uh, these talents and you're going to go and give them out. Uh, and there's only one warning to you. Uh, don't bury me in the ground. Don't hide right. me away from people. And you and you see the apostles. I, I'm sure every single one of them struggled with this because I know that I, as a pastor, struggle with the, this whole grace and forgiveness stuff. Not just for myself, but for others. It just doesn't make sense. And sometimes I, I don't want... When I know sin, sometimes I don't want to forgive it. Right? Right. Um. And, and so we see that with Peter, right? In the book of Acts, Peter kind of stumbles a little bit and starts bringing the law back in there. I, I think this is a warning to them. Like, hey, guys, I'm about to go to the cross, and then in, in 40 days, I'm not going to be here anymore. And it's going to be you guys. I'm going to put my Holy Spirit upon you to do these very things, to go and give the cross to people, right? And, and, right. and that's, what you're, that's what you're charged to do. Don't don't bury the forgiveness of sins in the ground and refuse to give it out. Don't bury the cross. Yeah. And oddly enough, or ironically enough maybe, is uh, that <laughs> uh, the master at the, uh, at the end of this parable uh, says, uh, you knew me, how does it go? Uh, you knew me uh, that I... That I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. He, he challenges them. Uh, so is that law or gospel? That's law, isn't it? Look, if this, is this who you think that I am? This is a challenge on the first commandment. And a second commandment. I, I think it's... The name of the I Lord your God. I think it's both. I, I, where, where do you see gospel in it? Well, I think he's saying, uh, you knew me to be the guy who goes and reaps where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. You knew me to be the guy. And the, the whole time, uh, the, they're using the same words, but I think they have different meanings. So, so the, the servant is thinking that this guy is just a, a, a brute 
and just some guy who's just just doesn't care at all and is just a hard, ruthless man. And I think the master's coming back and saying, you knew me to be this type of man. But what I really was, was yes, I was the guy who reaped where I had not sown. And I gathered where I scattered no seed. Well, what is that other than the cross? Is he not reaping what he did not sow? Is he not scatter? Is he not gathering where he scattered no seed? Isn't that what the cross is? Like he is taking the sins of the world upon his shoulders. This is me. This is who I am. I'm I'm actually reaping, and I didn't sow any of this. I'm gathering all of this, and I didn't scatter any of this sin. But it's all mine. I love it. Right? And you knew me to be this guy, and you detested it. You buried that in the ground. You refused to proclaim this and give this to everybody else. I am that very guy. I am the guy who reaps where I didn't sow. I am the guy who gathers where I scatter no seed. And that's your sin. So that's where I hear this gospel, right? So it's this ultimate condemnation of the law upon this guy whose sole charge is to dispense the gospel and the gifts of God. And he refuses to do so. Because he demands that God Mm -hmm. is somebody else. I love it. That's good. Hey, all right. I did something good. (laughs) Good. You got anything to add there, buddy? No, I I, I love where where we go to the end and and ultimately find the cross. uh, I'm pretty content with that. So so next time we've got got the sheep and the goats, right? I got it. Dibs. Sheep go to heaven. Goats go to hell. That's a cake song for any. <laughs> That's a yeah, cake song. For any of you guys wanted to know that, uh, cake was a band a in the nineties. Uh, they they were decent. They weren't that bad. Um, they were great. Yeah, no, I, I liked them. Their their cover of "I Will Survive" is amazing. And I'm gonna be bold here. I'm not gonna say amazing. I'm gonna say might. Be no, better. it's not might. It was absolutely better than Donna Summers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, go go check that out. I will survive. It's 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 great. It's getting actually no time out. There's profanity in the cover. <laughs> well, get the get the radio the radio version, guys. The radio. Just get edit. the radio okay. edit. That's the all radio you need edit. to do. Yeah. <laughs> sure, so sure. you're uh, you're taking off a couple weeks uh, vacation, huh? In the uh, the hot yeah the hot summer sun. Yeah, but we we can bust this out before okay. I go. Well, make sure to uh, you know wear sunscreen. I, I, you do that in January here. It's right next. It's just it's 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 super it, hot all the yeah. time. All right. Well, I just care about you. Don't want you to get skin cancer. You know the the scientists talk about sunscreen, and it's it's good for you. So that's that's nice of you to think of, yeah, of me. No problem. All right, I'm done. Peace out. And now time for a rendition of Millie Vanilli's Blame It on the Rain. Feel free to sing along at home. And a one, and a two.
and stop.